Like Family with Brenda Donoghue. The summer of 2021. Reopening our businesses, opening our hearts to new love, opening ourselves to new experiences and opening our hall doors to those family members who mean everything. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. 890 Mark Goodman yourself. Hello folks. Welcome back inside. Very wonderful. You know Brenda? Hello. How are you, Sam? Great, Amish. How are you keeping? Good man. You're in the first day of the Aule indoor dining. Yeah, it's great to be back again. That's Eilish, and along with her husband Celise, they run Cafe Mana in Cavan Town. Celise is from Tonga. And if you think I struggle with the pronunciation of his surname, Eilish, after 22 years of marriage, should really have this. Now, Brenda, <laughs> basically it's Tui Pilato, but it's a bit hard, it's so not. I just it's say Donahue. Oh, sorry. I still can't say it after 22 years. But we will get there someday. So thank you, because I know you're both so busy at lunchtime here. Good to be back. Oh, it's just amazing to be back, Brenda. The buzz, the feeling of everybody back inside, it's just fabulous. A bit of normality. That's what everybody's saying, you know, just being able to sit inside, just, we're getting back on track, you know. Never gone through this before. You don't know, are you going to have any money at the end of it? And just wondering how things will kickstart. The pandemic has definitely taught us that we need to slow down. The positives out of the pandemic for me have been spending time with my kids and really getting to know them. Because when you're working six days a week, 12 hours a day, it's a tough, tough job. And I was brought up in a family of nine kids. We had pubs and hotels all our lives. Our parents were never around, no fault to them. They were brilliant parents. And hopefully we'll do the work balance life better. And that's our big learning thing from COVID. So the old tongue and relaxed attitude must be rubbing off on her. <laughs> so Eilish and Celise, I'm fascinated by how you met. So from Cavan to Tonga yeah. and back to Cavan again. Who wants to take it off? When did you meet? Well, I was in bed when my mate says to me, will you come out? And I says, nah, I'm, I'm tired. He says, there's an Irish pub in town and there's all the ones there who are mad for the shift. <laughs> I jumped out of bed and here I am now. <laughs> Where was this? Where was this? It was in Auckland, in New Zealand. We had a good night in the Irish bar, went home, gave him my number. He wrote it in his hand and the next morning I got this phone call and he must have looked at his hand. Or is that what happened? Yeah, there was you... a picture of an eye with lashes and that's how I remembered your name, the eyelash. Because <laughs> eyelash was foreign to us. Uh, down that part of the world and I made a phone call and yeah met Eilish and ended up here yeah in cabin yeah making scones <laughs> tell me about the decision for you not to go back to stay here what happened was my dad nearly died he he ended up in New Zealand with appendicitis and I went back to look after the farm in Tonga I never forget the phone call Eilish rang there's a lot of tears now <laughs> and she basically asked and I had a split decision to either say yes you can come or no because I knew if I said no that was it and I just found myself saying yeah come over and she came and stayed with me in Tonga 
for four months and we just it wasn't for her anyway sorry <laughs> just to let you know i worked on the farm my god did i work his house is a little tin house there is no hot water and i thought if I can stick this, I can stick anything. But I'm not coming back to live here. That's fine, I've done it. I'm probably just one of them guys who just goes with the flow, really, and I just found Irish very attractive. Our Tongans are very like the Irish. When I went there, I couldn't believe it. How did you find Cavan? Well, I found it very welcoming. I used to walk around with me uh, flip-flops and bare feet. It's a small community, everybody knows everybody, and that's what I found. Uh, I enjoy it. It's very much like home, you know. Love is in the air, everywhere I look around. Have a look around, tell me, do you think it's a first date? I don't think so. They're young, they're very young. Yeah. She's doing a lot of the talking. Well, she's he's delighted with himself. And he's very pleased. Don't know if I'll That's Eugene O'Brien, Irish screenwriter and actor. We're on Dunleary Pier, people watching. Why does he do it? A nosiness, really. I mean, yeah. I was going to try and use a posh. Okay. You know, we're all very voyeuristic, you know. <laughs> but actually, we're, we're just nosy, that's it. Then the conversation turned to dating. Just before lockdown, Eugene's friends set him up on a date. It all went well. But was there a second date on the cards? I thought we got, got on well. And then we knew that it was up to one of us to ring. Well, it was up to me to ring, really, you know, to do the call. That took a while. So eventually I did manage to ring her. So we arranged to meet on the Saturday. So I took charge and said, right, well, I'll find out where we go. I'll think about where we go and all that kind of thing. So then there was a whole thing about where would I, where we go? What would be the right pub? And then the Saturday was like really nerve-wracking and you get up and then you're trying to fill your day but you can't do anything because all you're thinking about is what's going to happen that evening and you're thinking about all the horrific first dates you've ever seen on first dates, that TV show. (laughs) You're showering, you're putting stuff on. I mean, you're shaving. Like It's a whole ritual. Walk down and honestly, I felt like if I could have had a heart attack, an episode of, of something and just died on the street I would have been happier that I wouldn't have to go through it the date I was just so terrified of the date but anyway I managed to get there a little bit early ordered a pint sat in the corner my date came in then and I kind of knew as soon as she came in that I kind of really fancied her now I talk a lot so I started to babble a bit and I had said to me the, the golden rule I'd said don't talk too much don't talk too much about yourself because that's what men do and of course I broke all the rules and I babbled on and I talked only about myself. See, your babbling came to some good. <laughs> what I find interesting is, Eugene, you've had so much success. You're in your 50s. And here you are, as nervous as hell, getting ready to go on a date. I mean, it's kind of like a job interview. I felt 15, 16 again. And that kind of excitement and that kind of confusion, it was, it was amazing and a surprise. As somebody who started a date at the beginning of lockdown, What do you think you've learned about yourself? Well, I think I didn't know how alone I was. You live in fear of change. And change is, especially when you're knocking on a bit, is scary. But once you take the leap and things change, then it's it's a whole other lease of life. And we're back people watching again. 
they could be on a Tinder thing or something. They were both looking at the phones, but they, I mean, a lot of people do that nowadays where they're sitting with each other but still looking at their phones. So it looked to be going quite well. The curiosity got the better of Eugene and myself, and we had to find out were this couple on a date? Love is in the air. Yeah, we are on a date. Yeah, we're going to see a movie. Has it been difficult trying to find people to date? How has it been with lockdown? Well, we found each other and I'm extremely happy. A few of my friends are dating at the moment. It's all on Tinder. I think that's the main one, yes, Tinder. Yeah. It's the only way. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How did you meet each other? Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> when you decided you were going to get together, was it a while before you could actually physically see each other and go out? Yeah, yeah six, six months. months. I had to keep a conversation going through text all day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't really exactly hard because yeah. we get along like extremely well. When you saw each other and you had now been talking over WhatsApp and all of that, what was that like? Where did you go? What can you remember? We the actual right physicality here, of it. What? We were like with two benches down or something. <laughs> In Dunleary, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was just very awkward. Uh, not awkward, yeah. <laughs> the excitement and scary, just... I think that feeling only lasted like maybe a minute or two. After the initial shock of seeing someone like, because you're only seeing your family for so long. Yeah. And then there's a new person and you're like, oh, it's someone new. Yeah. <laughs> what is it that you like about each other? There's an extreme amount of things I like about the girl here. Uh, I won't be talking about them because I'll be here all day. Kind of like a breath of fresh air almost. You appreciate being able to sit down to dinner. You appreciate being able to physically have a conversation with someone and not rely on kind of text messages and looking at your phone. So it's just nice to be able to talk to someone and see their reactions thing as you say them. You can get dressed up to go out, like you have all these clothes that you haven't been able to wear for six, seven months and you can finally go out. (laughs) She's like one of the, if not the best person I ever met. Yes, love is in the air, and so too are new beginnings. Da, 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 da. And what are you wearing, Bella? The big school. Her big school? Big school uniform. Oh, it's gorgeous, Bella. Do a little twirl for us. Yay! That's Bella Rose with her mum, Becky, in Wexford. It may seem a bit early to be talking about returning to school, but thousands of families are preparing for their little one's first big day. Bella, look what just came. It's your book list. Yeah. You have to get plastic button folders. Okay. We'll be going to town and get them. Where are we going today? For Becky and Bella Rose, this is a monumental milestone. Bella was born in 2016 with a list of conditions. She had a congenital heart defect, cleft palate, also a condition where some of her organs mirrored each other, two left chambers of the heart, three spleens, and had to be tube fed. So this really is a big deal. It's a big achievement for us because there was a time when we didn't think Bella would be coming home from hospital. We discussed palliative care. That's what I'd done when she was nearly two weeks old. We discussed palliative care. And now I'm sitting with my five-year-old discussing what school bag she wants. And every hospital appointment and every surgery, those were things that while she was Sorry, I get upset. Yeah. While she was down having her surgery, these were the little things that were going through my head. It's what you do when you're eight hours waiting for your child to come back to you after a surgery. I get so upset over it. They're like massive dreams that you don't really think you're going to get to. For those dreams to become reality is huge. 
it's hard to believe that we're here. She gets a bit of a fright when she gets sick. She doesn't like it at all. She kind of chokes on it a bit as well. To really understand how far Bella Rose has come, we listen back to my first visit with the family when Bella Rose was a few months old. I knew that all you were doing was enjoying being fed. Didn't you have to stop and get sick? When we would have done that interview, it was all about getting her weight up for her heart surgery. Like, the odd time I tried to go back and listen to the interviews, I suppose to remind myself how far she's come. It's good mm. to to remember. Because sometimes, I suppose, every mammy is like, oh my God, I'm failing at this. And for her to be starting in my local mainstream primary school that I went to, it's huge. She will go to school and they will have to monitor everything and all her time in hospital and, and being sick, it never affected her brain in any way. Let's fast forward to Bella's first morning in school in your head. So Brenda, I've seen this moment in my head where she starts school. Uh, I keep replaying it and I think it's kind of, I'm trying to practice so that I'm okay and I'm thinking, please don't cry, please don't cry. And it's not like it's something new. She does go to play school, but this is massive. I'd say I literally won't even get to the car (laughs) and I will be roaring, crying. And I probably will go and treat myself to a coffee and a cake or something because I, I done this. I know the doctors did help, but they're not getting a look in that day. It's going to be all about, yeah, I did it. And you've done it damn well. I'll let her take a little bit of the glory, I suppose. <laughs> what kind of school bag will we get? I brought a Georgia Sequa? I thought you wanted a unicorn one. No! Oh my God, you told me last week you wanted a unicorn bag. I can't wait to go to big school. Yay! Eileen, Luke and their children, Ryan and Andine, also have major changes happening in their lives. So we've been living in New Zealand for 18 years and we've made the big move to Ireland. And then about a year ago we decided that it was time to come back and spend some more time with the family. So it's amazing to be here and um, yeah. 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 And where they are is outside Eileen's childhood home in Beliver in County Meath. They're all about to go inside and reunite with Eileen's parents, Patricia and Jerry. It's been three and a half years since they've all been together. Luke. Repatriating in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> is not an easy task. Good news was the plane was half empty so we could all lie down, so that was definitely a bonus. Coming into a pandemic world is a bit of a culture shock for all mm. of us. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. I'm, I'm standing here looking at the house going, wow, it's moved on without me. <laughs> I'm just looking at that car. It's pretty packed, Luke. That's uh, round one. We've got, okay. got to do another round. And there's yeah. a dog in there as well. And uh, But he's loving being with us. And that's actually, I must admit, that's the bit for me that makes it not feel like a holiday then. You know, now we've got the dog here. And it feels like, oh, we have actually moved our entire... Look, we've got 12 or 14 bags and a container of stuff coming over. It's just crazy, yeah. The moment they've been waiting for has arrived. Brenda, we'll go in the sideway here. Ondine, do you want to go in and say hi to Grand Trish? Do you want to go first? Oh my goodness, look at the size of him. Oh, oh my darling. How are you? We can actually hug now. I know. Oh, so grown up. Beautiful, isn't she? Six foot one, I think. Six two, six two. Six two. 
Hi, Mammy. How are you? Hi, Joey. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Gosh, look at the place. It looks great. I think Onding's just about underground. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You seemed to be only this little girl who was. Do you remember? We used to be reading stories at night. It's been really nice to see you. I've missed you quite a lot. Good girl. That's very nice to hear. It's lovely to see you both, and I have been looking forward to seeing you guys for quite a while. Gosh, it's hot. Well, after that, everyone needed a breather, so we all reconvened to the sitting room, the good room. Mammy, the room looks great. <laughs> well, I don't think it's... Uh, I can't remember. It looks slightly different from the last time we were here. But no, also, it's the exact same. Luke and Eileen, can you take me to your lives in New Zealand? What was it like? We were there for 18 wonderful years, and I have to say, New Zealand is just an amazing country. Every day was... Not every day, but, you know, at least once a week you're on a bit of an adventure. Well, it's funny. It's one of those things that when we moved to New Zealand, every time we came back for holidays in Ireland, people used to say, do you think you'll ever come back? And it wasn't something that we'd planned for a long time. It's like a moment of clarity. And that was it. You know, as soon as um, you went into lockdown in Ireland and we realised this is a whole different experience for everybody. This is something that none of us have ever been through. We've no idea what it could mean. Luke's stepfather and my mum both have got lung conditions and they're all in the vulnerable category. It's a really challenging thing to live overseas because I always call it a blessed curse because it's marvellous to have all these adventures and set up a whole new life and it's such a blessing, it's so exciting and your family wants you to be happy so they're proud of you and they want to support you. But it's also a curse because you're also constantly torn about guilt or sense of regret or missing out, particularly if you've got other family members here. And so for us, it was literally we had a cup of coffee and talked about it and said, well, what would be the regrets? Well, our regrets would be that if we were in New Zealand and we lost anybody here and or that, you know, people needed us and we weren't close by. And so it became a really quick decision, actually. And so for us, this is about saying you just embracing the moment and saying, oh, you know what? Actually, we want to be back in Ireland. We want to be closer to family. Can I go to you, Patricia? Yes. Does it feel real that they've moved home, that they're not just on a visit? It means a lot. It means a huge lot. Yeah, Mm, an awful lot. Yeah. I was still thinking of them as coming and being, you know, under pressure to see the cousins and the friends. And I was asking Eileen, well, when do you want me to set up for you? She said, Mom, we're here. We're going to be here. We're not having to do everything in a month or six weeks. We don't have to see everyone quickly. We'll have time. And I think that's the difference, time. I didn't have a close relationship really with my grandparents. They were so old, you know, at that stage. Our children are fortunate. They've got four amazing grandparents. Mm. Why would you want to deny that when actually they could be with them a little bit more? And so it was also about making sure that we capture as much good stuff as we can before things maybe get a little bit challenging. And it's never about anybody else at the end of the day. It's always about yourself and about what you'll regret. And that was the thing is that we said we're not coming back for anybody else. It's for us because we want to be back with everybody else. And that's really important. You can't do it for other people. You have to do it for yourself. It feels right to be here. It shouldn't feel like as if it's anything other than like coming home. So... For Jerry and I to have them home, it's wonderful, really. I mean, we didn't really think that they would come home for good, you know. It means a great deal. There was one more job left to do. 
Right, come on you lot. Let's go and unpack the car. We've got to get the dog out and all the bags. Now, lovey, will you take that in? That's the stuff for the dog. Yep. That's very heavy now, love. Mind yourself. Is that everything? Yep. yep. I think so. That's the car unpacked now, at least for the moment. And, um, well, yeah, we're home now. Meanwhile, in Kildare Town, the Doyles, Ollie and Anne, are packing up their car for a very special road trip to Mayo to see their new granddaughter, Cara. Now, Ollie, I think that's nearly all the stuff yeah, packed that, in the car. That looks good now. Uh, have oh, you a bottle of water with you? Have, uh, water in the all the baby presents. Yeah, that's, that's everything. It. We close the boot now and we're ready to go. Last year, Ollie had COVID and was on life support in ICU for 57 days. Now recovered, himself and Anne look back at that dreadful time in their lives. I, I don't remember the 57 days, but I remember the coming home. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. For me at home here, it was horrendous. But the only thing I will say is he did recover. Bad and all as it was, it was worse for other people that lost their loved ones. Mm. At least I have my fella still here sitting beside me. And I have to say I do feel sorry for the people that lost their loved ones. Mm. But nevertheless, it was a, a, a dreadful time. The staff in Tullamore were fantastic, Tolly. They did bring me down once to see him. Of course, he doesn't remember it. And I was in floods and floods and floods of tears. <laughs> and he's amazed to think that I cry for him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, Ali? That's right. <laughs> Definitely right. And then one day they said there was a little glimmer. And sure, we prayed and we prayed and the medics were fantastic. And it just went on like that. As Anne said, I, I, I kept getting sort of better. Like, you know, I was able to notice things going around me. At one time I thought I was in a hotel now. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, I called them the children here still. They were absolutely magnificent behind me. That was a big, big thing, to have the family behind you. And that brought me in a good place. Anne here, she's behind me everywhere. I owe a lot to Anne as well. I'd often say to him, do you know what? I should have married a young lad. I said, you're now a crock. And yeah. he'd roar laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it, yeah. yeah. I know he wouldn't say a thing. Yeah. And the real bonus is you get to do some wonderful things with your family. Like your daughter Orla, you walked her up the aisle. Yes. And even bigger news, she's just had a baby. Well, absolutely fantastic. Sure, I couldn't wait. And I, I think Anne was sick listening to me about this baby. I have to see this baby. I have to. You see, Brenda, that's what kept me going. And then the baby to come along. Oh, that was a bonus. Oh, Jesus. I said to Anne, isn't this fantastic? We were delighted, absolutely. He walked her up the aisle and it was quite emotional because we didn't think he'd get her up it, but he did. But when she announced that she was going to have a baby, well, he's lived every single day for it. It's what brings you on. It's absolute hope and prayer and the town of Kildare prayed for us and everybody prayed for us. So, do you know, with the medics and the prayers and the baby and the whole lot, it, this is where we are today. And before they hit the road to Mayo, they FaceTime their daughter Orla and maybe catch a glimpse of little baby Cara. Hello, Orla. How Hello, are Orla. You? How are you? Hi, yes. My God, you're looking gorgeous. How's the baby? Oh, everything's great. How 
how did our princess <laughs> sleep last night? Uh, do you know what? We blew it last night. She slept through the night. Hi, Orla. Brenda here. Hi, Brenda. Congratulations, first of all. Oh, thank you so you much. You were looking so well. But you had unexpected visitors as soon as you came home from the hospital. Can you tell me from your point of view what happened? Do you know what, Brenda? I mum had said to me, oh, they were dying to come down. I said, don't come down. The heat. And our house is glass and everything. I was in. Sure, I'm sitting in the back bedroom. It's so hot. And I was thinking of Ollie in the heat. I said, don't. At one o'clock, all I heard was beep, beep. And the dream team had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, sure, look, it was amazing, and she's a, a doting of a little thing now, isn't she? All the great news, and it's been such a difficult year and a half for the family. You know, you don't say enough, I love you, or, you know, you don't talk about things that you should do. And we got to talk about things that we'd never say to each other before, and I think they both know how much we love them now. Like, not that they didn't know, it's just you don't say those things until... The time comes and so in some ways you know COVID gave us again another opportunity to say like look at how lucky we are and look at everything that we'd all get to continue to experience together and then we had the wedding my wedding and then Cara coming golly got to be part of all of those steps when there was times that we didn't think this was ever going to be possible we are lucky for that not everything that he's gone through but we are lucky that we've had those opportunities that a lot of people don't have. Do you know what? I think she's mooching, so hold on, I get her, and I just hold on now, one second. And you can see her. Can you see her? Hello, Cara. Oh, Cara, oh, look. look at her. How and are you? And then, oh, God, love her. Oh, Orla, look at her. Isn't she beautiful? God bless her. Oh, she's lovely. Look at, we're over the moon. Uh, all that I went through and everything else, I said, isn't it lovely to, to watch the new baby? It's absolutely fantastic. Ah, great. Ah, yes. And uh, of course, we're so looking forward to seeing you both, the three of you actually at the weekend, and I'll make you stay in bed and you get plenty of rest. You mean the four of us, Shelley, as well? <laughs> I am Shelley as well. Cheers. All right. All right. Yeah. Cheers, Orla. All the best. We'll see you at the weekend. God Cheers. Bye bye. Well, that's it from me, Brenda Donoghue. Thanks to all the families who spoke to me and thank you for listening. For more information, check out rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash like family.